This is a day of great joy. As Sarah said at the beginning of the service, this is the most eagerly anticipated Sunday of the year. It is a presentation of our Christmas musical by our children and youth choirs. It's a beautiful day, an amazing day, and the room is filled with connections. There are grandparents and parents. There are aunts and uncles. There are friends and neighbors and siblings and more. It's a great day to be connected, and something about that connection just increases the joy that we're experiencing. In fact, Liesl Gwynne Garrity, who's a good theologian who's inspired this sermon series, she says that joy is rooted in connection. I've seen that in my own family. When our oldest son, Nate, was four years old, he was in a Thanksgiving production at his preschool. We invited our friends, Karen and Randy, from across the street to come with us to see Nate perform. He had just one line, but we wanted our friends to be there. Plus, Nate really thought our neighbors were super cool. They were much younger than us and much cooler than us as well. When we got to the play, I could see Nate, kind of he looked just like some of these four-year-olds up here, kind of standing off to the side, nervously shifting back and forth from foot to foot. And he was also kind of looking around, I think, for an escape hatch or something. He was clearly nervous, very worried. So was I. It was getting closer to the time when he was to give his just his one line, but I was frozen in my seat. I didn't know how to help him. I looked, I looked at his mom, at my wife, Julie. She had her hands like this in her lap. I think she was praying. And then I looked at our friends, Karen and Randy, and Karen was leaning forward, leaning forward with a, with a Mona Lisa smile on her face. And I wondered, what in the heck is she thinking? And then all of a sudden, just as it was time for Nate to give his line, just as it looked like he was going to bolt off the stage and run out the back door, she ran up onto the stage, she took a hold of his hand, and she turned and said, we're going to say this together. Go. It was a beautiful moment. As far as I'm concerned, the applause for my kid was the greatest of the day. <laughs> That's a connection. He thought of Karen as his friend. She thought of Nate as her friend, in that connection, there was great joy, as there's great joy in this room. It's also a room that is tinged with sorrow. The musical that we've presented today was written, composed, and directed originally by our dear Sally Besky, who for nearly three decades was a director of our children and youth choirs, also was an associate or organist, who was really the first organist to make this Kleiss organ just sing with joy. It's amazing to watch her both lead the children and perform on, 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 on the Kleiss organ for us. It's tinged with joy and sorrow. I gotta say though, Sally was a, 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 an unbelievably gifted minister, and I use that word on purpose. She wasn't ordained, but her work among us, among us was a ministry. She cared like a pastor for her children. She cared like a pastor for her parents. She cared like a pastor for those she engaged here in the church. She also was a lay theologian who had a brilliant mind. As you'll hear in a few moments, she's able to take a complex theological idea and not shrink it down, not boil it down, but give it out in a simple and understandable way. Trust me, that is not an easy thing to do. But that theologian I quoted a minute ago, Liesl Gwynne Garrity, she says that when we gather together in connection with each other, especially in a place like this, we can carry joy for those who are unable to experience it. I love that imagery. I love that idea that if there's someone in our midst who's grieving, who's filled with sorrow or worry or, or has lost hope, we can carry their joy for them 
until they're ready to receive it and express it themselves. There's a barrier to this, though. It's something that Brene Brown calls foreboding joy. Let's put the definition up on the screen for you. If you're afraid to lean into good news, wonderful moments, and joy, if you find yourself waiting for the other shoe to drop, you're not alone. It's called foreboding joy, and most of us experience it. According to Brene's research, 95% of the parents that she's encountered have experienced foreboding joy around their children. That means 95% of this room right now is experiencing foreboding joy. We, we know it's true. I'm certain most of us feel it in one way or another. But the story that Mary-Kate read for us a moment ago can help us see a pathway through even difficult, anxious, and fear-filled moments to experience joy at the same time. Elizabeth, her cousin, who we learned last week, is pregnant. It's a miraculous pregnancy. They've prayed for years, for decades, she and her husband, Zechariah, to have a child. They've given up hope. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel appears and says to Zechariah, your wife is going to conceive. Mary has learned of this news, and then Mary has her own experience of a miracle. She's a young girl, maybe in her early to mid-teens, engaged, not yet married. And the angel Gabriel appears to her and says, you too, you also are going to conceive and bring a child. Elizabeth's baby is going to be John the Baptist. Mary's baby is going to be Jesus. And yet she's, according to the text, perplexed. A better definition of that word is terrified. It's diatoroso in the Greek. She's terrified. Elizabeth is in seclusion. Again, a better way to understand that is she's in hiding. Why? Perhaps she's afraid, worried, anxious, embarrassed. All those emotions in these parallel birth stories exist, but Mary decides she's going to go see her, her sister, her cousin, her friend, Elizabeth. It's just one line in the text, but she goes from Nazareth to the hills outside of, of Jerusalem. That's an 80-mile journey by herself, not riding on an animal, alone, walking up and down these difficult hills. It shows how determined, how independent, how strong she is. Even in her fear and her condition, she wants to connect with Elizabeth. When she arrives, did you hear what the storyteller told us? The baby in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist, leaps for joy at the sound of Mary's voice. Mary is able to pull her friend, her cousin, out of hiding, out of seclusion, back into relationship with her and with the world. Were they still anxious, afraid, worried? There's no doubt about it. Anyone who's with child, from what I've been told by my wife and others, is anxious, worried, and, and afraid. But in that moment of deep connection, they experience deep joy. So I wonder, are you worried in this season? Are you overwhelmed with sorrow or grief? Have you experienced something like fear or hopelessness? Maybe the best thing you want for Christmas, the thing you need more than anything else, is to connect with someone you love. May it be so.